<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> was the worst accident I ever seen. Good evening, good morning, good night, good afternoon, whatever time zone it is you're listening to this, uh, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Beyond the Crypt, a creepypasta, cryptids, and urban legends podcast. I'm Kyle. And I am Tedward Roosevelt. Tedward Roosevelt, I like it. I like it. And we, like I said before, we are from Beyond the Crypt. And we're here to tell scary stories and talk about cryptids and anything else we can come to think of. Uh, uh, before we start off, though, uh, Teddy, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, I wish I could say I'm doing the best. I got some health issues going on that are kind of preventing me from being comfortable working i guess so i'm on medical leave of absence for my job but uh outside of that i mean i can't say i'm doing too bad otherwise yeah i feel you i feel you i'm uh i'm just getting through the day every day uh hey listen that like i said you're just one day closer to coming here man it's in what like it's it's like a month a little over a month away. Yeah, it's like 35 days or something like that. Yeah, I can't wait. Hey, listen, that's down, nothing, down man. That that last month is going to fly by quick. I hope so. I hope so. Because uh, that's the way it was for me when we went to, uh, to Disneyland in California when I took CeCe. Yeah. Um, the last month of waiting for it, I literally was crossing out the days on like the calendar. It was so great to... like get there and get insanely high and uh try to to drive an ecv around what is a disney park except for one sixth the size oh my god yeah (laughs) disneyland is so small compared to disney world but yeah anyways uh time time's gonna fly you're gonna be here before you know it and uh you know we are gonna have some good uh nighttime uh ghost stories that we can tell each other (laughs) exactly i can't wait super excited uh how are you doing today sir i'm all right i i just got off work uh another boring day uh you know given what's going on with the world uh we did recently find out that we're going to start wearing masks uh again and i'm fine with it I, i i don't mind the mask but you know if uh all these uh you know, inconsiderate assholes would get vaccinated. We could, you know, <laughs> I might not have to wear a mask, but you know, it is what it is. We gotta do what we we gotta do what we gotta do. On that note, please go get vaccinated. Exactly. Like, 
please, please have some like compassion towards your fellow like exactly. men, women, NBs, and everybody else around you. Like just because you think you're immune doesn't mean that you should put yourself in a position to test uh, other people's, you know, yes. uh, invincibility when it comes to that. Um, also, wear a fucking mask. Exactly. It's not that hard. I have asthma. My wife has asthma. We both wear masks. Like, come on. No excuses. Get vaccinated, wear your damn mask. It's that simple. Y'all ruin HHN for me. I'm going to be pissed. Oh, I will be furious. Kyle's uh, going to come through the the thing and punch every anti, <laughs> anti-vaxxer who might listen to us. Uh, uh, <laughs> besides that, though, uh, uh, have you... Uh, you doing anything fun recently? Have you seen anything good recently? Uh, I don't... Well, I mean, we started the Screams uh, series. We finished yeah. the first season of it, which, I'm, to be fair, I like it. It's good and all. Cece's obsessed. She's hooked. I, I'm, I'm so happy because... It I, scratched that itch that she loves for yeah. both Riverdale and Scream at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I'm so happy because I remember, like, when I when I told Cece, I want you to watch Scream... She was kind of uh, about it, and I, I I get that a lot. I was like, "Come on, you got to give it a chance. Just give it a chance." And then and then she's like, "Yeah, okay, this first episode is not bad." And all of a sudden, she's like, "Okay, I may finish this season." And then she's like, "I may finish season two next it's tomorrow." And I'm like, "Oh my god, you're hooked. This is great." We still haven't <laughs> finished season two yet, yeah. um, but that's because I haven't had the attention span really to watch it. Yeah, I got you. Um, but uh, I have been playing Pokemon Unite. And that is literally the probably the most refreshing thing to come out of like the MOBA industry because like League of Legends and Dota 2, uh, they and even Heroes of the Storm to a lesser extent have um, kind of like become formula matic or they, they, they go by the books, you know, everything's like by a formula and it kind of like wwe is now you know yeah so it's nice to see that pokemon teamed up with tencent who owns riot games which makes league of legends um it's nice to see them do a refreshing take on it i'm absolutely obsessed right now i'm ranked i think i'm ranked expert one maybe expert two i'm not exactly sure uh with pikachu but uh, on the off times, I'll also play as uh, the Alolan version of Ninetales. It's pretty good, though. It's And even people who are not getting like into, uh, or who are not normally into like, League of Legends or those type of games, they're getting into it. Like our friend Travis, uh, yeah. he's been playing it, and he's, he's in love with it. And for me, as somebody who played League of Legends, which is you know, probably been around for, I want to say, well over 12 years now. Um, it's it's great to, to, to see something come along and bring in, like, a whole new generation. Plus, it's got, like, very limited phrases you can say, you can see or say. Um, so, like, you don't have to worry about half the toxic- toxicity that comes with the League. But... That is a trade-off for having to play a game possibility where 
10-year-olds literally don't know how to play the game and literally cost you the match because they're just doing whatever and not being helpful whatsoever. So it's kind of like a trade-off. Even in ranked, I'm surprised some of these kids get this high ranked and then, like, literally do nothing all game. Yeah. (laughs) So it makes me wonder how Nintendo has their, like, ranked matchmaking set up. But outside of that, it's it's pretty good. Hmm. Pretty damn good. Yeah, I've heard y'all... I've heard nothing but good things from y'all, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't played any any new games here recently. Uh, no, but you do have a new laptop, so now have you new, have the ability to play some I, games. I do have a new laptop thanks to the amazing, wonderful, great friend of ours, Cat. Yes, thank you, Cat, for finally releasing yes. Kyle from the burden that is that Chromebook. Yeah, that no more Chromebook jokes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, only only here's what we here's what you need to do. You need to not throw out the Chromebook just yet. Oh, I won't. Bring it with you when you come to uh come to Orlando, and we will retire that shit via the way of uh office space. <laughs> You know, we'll put on the fucking song. It's like, die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker, die. As we're like all taking turns beating the shit out of this Chromebook. Oh my god. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have that so I can play games now. But uh, here, here lately, uh, I did recently go to the movie theater and I watched M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. And it was... I don't know. It was. Uh, I won't give out spoilers or anything, but it's an M Night Shyamalan movie. It was uh, not. This, I mean, it, it was by no, by no means a bad movie. Uh, like I, I enjoyed enjoyed it for what it was. I guess I just my expectations were high, and I expected s- something bigger with what was going on and stuff. It was a little let down by that, but. Other now, that, now, now just... you know the pain of literally everybody who sat <laughs> through the theater uh, just to watch Mark Wahlberg like have to deal oh, with that in the happening. That pissed me off so much. I know. like that movie though. Like, <laughs> I do too. It, it, it's a very neat concept. Yeah, it, terrible it, ending. It is. It is very very well i mean it kind of sets it up from the very beginning like if you pay attention to like the news then you're gonna know that's how it's gonna end yeah um i i have this uncanny ability for many who may not know and it's not me tooting my own horn this is coming from my own wife i have this uncanny ability to predict the ending of any movie long before it happens um i'm very just good at like putting the pieces together I guess um, sometimes 90% of the time it's like, like really putting the dots together, but there are like a few hail Marys that I've thrown completely blind yeah. and apparently still landed them. And I'm like, well, uh, I'll just add that to the list, I guess. Um, but yeah, with, with predicting a lot of like, I, I don't know. M night Shyamalan movies are just very womp womp in my opinion to begin with. Yeah, I think everybody tries to he he tries to overhype it the way that the Sixth Sense was, and don't get me wrong, Sixth Sense fantastic movie. However, 
he hasn't learned from his other movies that have also done really successfully. He thinks every movie pretty much has to have a sixth sense level plot twist. But some of the movies that he's made, like Glass, Unbreakable, and uh, Split, None of those have really too crazy of plot twists. They were just a overall solid movie series. Yeah. So I I don't understand why he doesn't well, learn and understand that those work a lot better for a lot of people than his yeah. overly complicated plot twists. I think what was great about Split was that no one fucking knew it was a sequel to Unbreakable until you watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, wait a minute, this is a sequel to the movie that came out 15 years ago? They're what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, man, I, I... I was mind blown. I was like, wait a fucking minute, is that Bruce Willis? I like, what? Oh, I will say God. this. I will say this. I think the way that they set it up to be a sequel is a lot better oh, They yes. uh, than, say, uh, how Serenity came around as like a sequel to Firefly. Yeah, like it was just kind of like, oh yeah. By the way, here's a Serenity. Yeah, here's Serenity. It's it's a Firefly thing. Fucking shut up and leave us alone about the series. You know, yeah. This one was literally fans of it were like diehard fans of it, but they had no clue that this movie was going to be a sequel to it. So when they watched it and they figured out that it was, it blew the roof off the place. On top of that, there was the controversy about James McAvoy, his performance. Yeah. Um, specifically about how he handles, like, I guess the topic of like multiple personalities, which is not a diagnosis anymore. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the multiple personalities, like them being like solid, cohesive personalities was like ruled out a long time ago when they brought in the diagnosis of disassociative identity disorder. It's yeah. the same person. Like, it's not different. That's, I mean, not to be too personal, but at one point in time, I was diagnosed with DID. And the way it was explained to me by my therapist is there are not distinct multiple personalities. There is you. But you are reverting back to essentially, if you say, like, manifest it in the form of a child, well, then you're regressing in your, your own age. But yeah. you're still you. So, like, maybe if he's going to talk about larger topics like that, then, you know, he should probably do a bit more research instead of using hot button diagnosis. I'm probably, I'm, I, it, I think when it first, we first came out and saw Glass, uh, and they, they were talking a lot about DID in that movie. I think, um, one of the things I was surprised that they didn't mention whatsoever in that movie when throwing around that diagnosis was borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Because that's also a diagnosis that until recently where it started to become everybody seems to have it. Um, it was highly misdiagnosed. It's still to this day is highly misdiagnosed. So, uh, but it was used as like a hot button. Like, oh, the new cool mental illness to have is BPD. And it's yeah. not. It sucks. I have BPD. I you know, struggled with it for many years. And, you know, the fact that, like, he throws around diagnosis like that's kind of yikes to me. Yeah. But, I mean, all of his movies are, are like, major womp-womps like that. Like, The Village, 
-hmm. everybody was going to be such a scary thing. But the scary thing was they were just isolated in today's world. Ooh. (laughs) Um, or signs. Whoa, the aliens, they're like barely seen. Oh no. <laughs> like he always builds up like high expectations and it just falls flat. Like I, I don't know to say anything otherwise. I probably knew it was gonna suck and like CC's like, I wanna go see it, and I'm like, I don't. Uh good luck I mean, with that. It doesn't suck by any means, in my opinion, but it it was just my expectations were higher. M. Night Shyamalan, in my opinion, and the reason why I say, like, I feel like his movies would suck, M. Night Shyamalan has become the Yui Bowl of, like, horror movies. What Yui Bowl is to video game movies, M. Night Shyamalan is the horror. Oh. And to Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah. Absolutely fucking ruins it. Every time. <laughs> oh. He should the- just stick to making uh unconventional. Why why can't we have him as a writer for like the Justice League? I feel like superhero movies are like his actual forte. Yeah. Like Unbreakable Glass and Split were really good fucking movies. Yeah, they were. And they were about three super beings. Like. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that Unbreakable is a fucking superhero film. Yeah. They're like, oh man, Bruce Willis is a vigilante now and he could just beat people's ass. Yeah, it's a superhero, my guy. Like, that's that's what it, that's what superheroes are. They're vigilantes who walk around and beating the shit out of people. Oh, but besides, uh, you know, I saw that recently, but I'll tell you, I'm, I am excited for, I think it's next Friday, uh, a Suicide Squad comes out. Oh yes, I'm, we I'm already have our tickets. Excited about that. I I am I am so happy to hear. I'm not surprised that it did so well. It's fucking James Gunn. That man yeah. does fucking gold and everything he touches. Yeah. He, look what he did for fucking Scooby Doo. You know, look what he did for. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did the the Dawn of the Dead remake. I'm pretty sure. No, that was. Uh, I thought it was James Gunn. Uh, that was Snyder. Uh, hold on one second I, I I don't disagree with you I just like it's gonna bother me if I don't look it up so yeah that's fine oh it was fucking Zack Snyder yep. wow Got it right. <laughs> fucking <close> Zack Snyder <laughs> but yeah uh, no yeah I was right he I was right James Gunn wrote the screenplay oh, for it he wrote it okay <laughs> yeah so yeah he wrote he it so, so yeah he 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 was involved with it so like that guardians of the galaxy was great scooby-doo was great like that man fucking he can write films yeah he can he's he's great and i'm glad that like he was brought back in for like as guardians of the galaxy and yeah stuff like that and you know fucking he learned from his lesson and disney literally listened to their fans for once yeah but yeah uh, i'm looking forward definitely looking forward to that super can't wait for that I, if i think candy man comes out in august as well i'm not um, not sure but what i can tell you is we are not a movie podcast that's true very true 
because I don't remember a lot of stuff about fucking yeah, yes, what out, movies are coming out. <laughs> comes out August 27th, so I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. But yeah. Oh, cool. And then we got Halloween Kills whenever yeah. that comes out. October 15th. But, uh, but moving forward. Moving forward, we, you know, this is not a horror movie podcast. I'm sure we'll eventually maybe talk about some that are related to our subjects <laughs> yeah when we, we when uh, we get to the when we get to like stupid like slender man well uh, well God, we can talk about the movie, fucking movie. <laughs> and we can also dude, talk about the forest of death uh, movie or whatever oh, yeah. with uh, natalie dormer yeah dude when i watched slender man I, I i watched it and 10 minutes in, I knew this was garbage and I hated it, but I went ahead and finished it just to maybe that it was going to be good, that it was going to turn around. No, it wasn't. That's how I feel about <laughs> Lamageddon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, like we said, we're not a movie podcast. We're creepypastas, cryptids, and uh, urban legends podcast. And, and speaking of cryptids, I know this yes. is our creepypasta episodes um and by the way spoiler alert next week we are coming back with part three of cheesy's world so get ready for that um but we do have some news coming out of michigan in the the cryptids front that uh, we wanted to like briefly talk about uh so this sighting for basically what happened is in michigan um, there was a group called the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization, and they posted a new video on YouTube. And what that video that they posted on YouTube is what is appearing to be a pretty detailed uh, Sasquatch encounter. We got ourselves a like a non-blurry. Uh, non-pixelated uh bigfoot sighting yep. and i'm pretty fucking hyped it, for it man oh yeah i am too it, uh th- that video you sent me it, it uh even though it's you know it's not the best quality that's still a really good video and it's it's hard to dispute that evidence yeah <laughs> it's so crazy that oklahoma the state of Oklahoma put out a bounty on Bigfoot, not to kill them or anything like that, but like if they need to safely relocate them for maybe safety of themselves or the creature or uh, as well as safety for humans that may reside in the area, you know, um, but it, this is probably the, the 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 most biggest thing we've ever seen come out of like anything in the crypto world since like NASA declassified all those uh, things about the the alien sightings and the military like unveiled all the stuff about UFOs. So that's, that's kind of big, man. Yeah, it's 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 really big, and what's great is. Uh the video uh it looks as if there is a baby bigfoot being held yeah the if it they they zoom in on the 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 creature and it looks like it's carrying some sort of uh infant in its arms yep which baby baby bigfoot 
baby Bigfoot. Very, Hell yeah, man. Very interesting. And yeah, the, they have uh, the state of Oklahoma has an award out, but like they, they're not wanting people to hunt Bigfoot. They don't want to harm it. They just want it to be brought to them. Like yeah, they want to put it in a zoo. You know. Yeah, probably. Probably be the only thing that uh, Oklahoma has going for it. You know. <laughs> I've been there. I can yeah. say that. <laughs> but it, what's interesting is that this was brought forward by uh like, like when the, when i say like oklahoma has the state of oklahoma has an award out this this the this one guy justin he actually brought it forward on the uh oklahoma the, the floor of the oklahoma house of representatives i'm like wow <laughs> like this is insane that that's actually like being talked about <laughs> yeah like i mean of course, they're not going to talk about real things, but like, yeah. not saying cryptids aren't real, but like, they they won't talk about like real issues like coronavirus or anything like yeah. that. But sure, why not? Let's talk about fucking Bigfoot, you know? Yeah, they're like, all right, guys. They're like, shit, we need something to distract no. away from the fact COVID rates are going up. Fuck it, throw out Bigfoot. We got a bounty on that bitch. <laughs> they're like, bring me Bigfoot alive. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> fucking Oklahoma of all yeah. places. Where the fuck they gonna find him in a rock quarry? It, yeah, it was hilarious too because it was literally just like, uh, because the the article literally stated that uh, Bigfoot services have rise and experts are a little uh are are a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like i'm not saying it's bigfoot but i'm not saying it is <laughs> yeah, this fucking crazy man was, i i, I just randomly saw this too i was just scrolling through my facebook today and i saw that and i'm like there's no way so i clicked it and i watched the video and it's from a place that i trust the site yeah. um it's comic book irl yeah um they're, I think they're associated with CBS. I think, yeah, they're uh, they're owned by CBS Interactive, which is a division of, C- of Viacom, uh, CBS. So yeah, yeah, this is backed by CBS. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it's very interesting for sure. It's but, crazy uh, though. It was such a good video quality too. I'm I'm so so happy that i came across that today i was like we get to talk about cheesy's world and this very very exciting news but uh uh this episode isn't on bigfoot and once we get to bigfoot i'm sure we'll talk more about it and hopefully we'll have some more stuff to talk about uh maybe some more recent sightings when that comes to it but we are here to do part two of cheesy's world by brian a young uh, now, where we left off, uh, now this week, Teddy's going to uh, uh, is going to read out our part. Now, where we left off, so basically, it's, it, 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 if you're, I hope you're not listening to this and didn't listen to part one, but if you are, basically, our story is that our narrator, uh, who is nameless, uh, he's going him and his family go to an amusement park called Cheese's World for his brother, his little brother Amari's birthday. And things uh, tend to take a turn for the worse and turn really weird where Amari starts acting up. 
and eventually he ends up going missing. And where we're at now, it's been... He was being a little bitch first, and then he went <laughs> yeah. missing. Yeah, yeah. where we're at now, it's been, uh, it's been a few weeks, and there's been no word. So, and now we'll see what has happened. So, uh, everybody, uh, get your favorite blanket, grab some marshmallows, and come around. Your camp. favorite joint. Favorite joint, yes, if you partake. And uh, uh, come sit around the campfire and let Teddy tell you the tale of Cheesy's World. Hold on, before we start, I just had a very brain derpy moment when you said grab a, when I said grab a joint, and you said yes, if you partake, and I was about to say, no, you know, like a, like a knee joint or a shoulder <laughs> joint. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This is going to be great. All right. This is going to be great. All right, so. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I've been, I've been waiting for this all week. All right, you Let's ready? You ready? Are you really ready for this? I'm, I'm doing because once again, everybody, we want to reiterate, we're reading this aloud for the first time. We have yes, we have purposely before we've purposely held off on reading this and have been anticipating it this entire well, time hard. just so we could share this with it, you guys. It's been hard. We've given, it has uh, been really hard. Yeah. So our our reactions are genuine. Yeah, so uh, if you if you are ready, sir. I am ready. I, I have been ready for a week now. Let's go. All right. So weeks went by with absolutely nothing. We tried to keep in contact with the park and the police every day, but we all always got the same response. They were looking into it. For what we were being from what? Sorry. Yeah. Hard to speak today. Uh from what we were being told, they were contacting pe- uh, people that had been in the park and pouring over hours of security footage, but there were no new developments. We tried organizing search parties, the look around the various cities surrounding cheesies and hunting down employees that worked that day, but no one had any information. To say that I was frustrated was an understatement. It felt like nobody in the world cared a fraction as much as I did. People get arrested for murders where they where all they left behind was a strand of hair. Yet my brother was taken out right from underneath me, and all anybody could say is, I don't know. How the hell does that make any goddamn sense? Depression hit me hard. I couldn't escape the stain of guilt of Amari's de- excuse me. I couldn't escape the stain of guilt Amari's disappearance left on my mind and in my heart. My brain worked overtime to process the potential variables leading up to his disappearance. Maybe if my lazy ass had woken up early, he wouldn't be in a bad mood to begin with. Maybe if I didn't insist that we go on that roller coaster, maybe if I just kept kept my eyes on him for one second longer, If I had done one fucking thing differently, maybe my brother might still be here. I'd get to see that beautiful smile and hug him when I came back from school. Stressful thoughts plagued my mind. I couldn't eat. I became lethargic. And the pain of losing Amari made my stomach churn whenever I was reminded of his absence. As a result, I was unfit to attend school for weeks. When you live in a small town, word travels fast. 
And this was the biggest news story to happen in years. When I returned, the darting eyes and whispers surrounded me constantly. And the ever-present headlines on the local news only served to remind me of the pain. Chloe and Mark tried to make their... Sorry, excuse me. Chloe and Mark tried the best to make sure that I was okay, but realistically, how could a 17-year-old ever expect to deal with a loss like that? Especially when a lot of that loss was still a mystery. Mood. Uh, especially the 17-year-old. Six, uh, you could replace 17-year-old with 16-year-old, and you have me after my mom passed. Um, anyways. On Monday, after class, I was sitting by myself at the table just outside the library. I had taken to doing a lot of my schoolwork outside of home because I felt like I could focus better without the reminder that Amari wasn't there. Suddenly, someone walked up from behind and covered my eyes from behind. Guess who? Asked a playful voice. Hmm, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say, Chloe? I replied. Aww. You could have at least given me one free wrong guess, Chloe said, slightly disappointed. I shrugged. What can I say? I'm pretty guess good at guessing the voices of people I've known since I was six. Call it a superpower. I immediately noticed the girl standing next to Chloe. The two almost looked like twins outside of the fact that the girl's hair was blonde instead of brunette and that she had no freckles. Hey, Amber. Hey, Amber replied with a wild smile. I know you've been down because of everything that happened, so I want to help cheer you up. Oh, I said with an eyebrow raised. And how's that? Well, she tossed her blonde hair over one shoulder. There's this college party going down on Friday a few towns over, and I know a couple of guys in the frat, so I could definitely get you in if you wanted. I apologize for my attempt at, like, a valley girl voice. <clears throat> I kind of have a frog in my throat, so give me one second. <clears throat> it was a good attempt. Well, there's a college party going on on Friday a few towns over, and I know a couple of guys in that frat, so I can definitely get you in if you wanted. tee uh, <laughs> I think <Wow>. Chloe... <laughs> I think Chloe could sense what I was going to say before I said it because she instantly hit me with, come on, it'll be fun. One night to forget about everything. Brandon, it's awful seeing you hurt like this. Maybe it'll help. I sighed and I stood up. Yeah, right. Look, I gotta go. Um, I'll let you guys know when I know. I began to make the walk home. After a 20-minute walk, I reached my house, but as soon as I reached for the doorknob, I felt my phone buzz, looked at the caller ID, and I could see that it was Mark calling. What's up, man? Brandon, dude, I heard Chloe and Amber invited you to that party on Friday. Yep, I do recall that happening 20 minutes ago. And you turned them down? Amber is one of the hottest girls in school, dude. I said I'll let them know, I shrugged. Come on, bro. She's just trying to help. I know you're trying to go through as rough. I can't even imagine what I'd do if I lost my sister. But if you keep wallowing in pain, you never feel better. Mark's voice lowered a bit before perking up again. 
You need to do things that make you happy. And as dumb as it sounds, maybe this is the opportunity for you to forget for a few hours. Getting drunk isn't going to solve my problems, Mark. Maybe that works for you, but alcohol isn't bringing Amari back. Plus, what the hell would you know about dealing with trauma? I haven't even noticed I had raised my voice. It's great that you think you have an idea of how you would feel, but nobody really knows what this pain is like until they go fucking through it. I don't need a goddamn lecture about my own feelings. Wow, calm the fuck down, bro. <laughs> He's going off. Um, fuck your friends for trying, I guess. <laughs> Mark went silent for a moment. I wanted to apologize for attacking him, but before I could, he started to speak again. You know, I never told anyone that my mom's sister was murdered. It impacted her for years. And seeing her go through that emotion was really hard. Your parents are supposed to be your rock. And when they can't keep it together, then how do you think a child feels? He paused again to think. For a long time, I felt guilty about not getting to know my aunt. But in a way, I guess I'm lucky that not knowing her made the pain not as bad. But my mom, she was devastated, Brandon. And the only way she pulled herself out of it was trying. She made an effort to be happy. And even though she carries that pain to this day, she can still smile and kind of be kind and enjoy life. Mark, hi. Don't man, it's cool. My point is, it's natural to feel what you're feeling. I'm sure that the other families that lost kids there felt the same pain. But you have to start somewhere... No matter how much it hurts, at the end of the day, there's still hope for Amari to be found. But it doesn't help to mope around until you get the news that he's either found or, you know. Yeah, you're right, I said quietly. I'll figure it out. Just give me some time. Of course, if you need anything, Chloe and I are here for you. Yeah, I got you. I hung up. Went inside and walked up to my room with mixed emotions. Was it really as simple as just doing things I liked and pretending to be happy until I was? Was that really the healthiest way to deal with this? What about the other families? How had they dealt with it? The sudden realization hit me like a Mack truck. The other families. I rushed to my laptop to do some research. I found a lot of news sites that had reported on the disappearances. Child goes missing from beloved amusement park 1967. Child at Cheesy's Never Found, 1973. Parents baffled at uh, Child's Disappearance at Cheesy's, 2005. Every single fucking year. It was never on the same date. No cute two kids seemed to like, but one thing was consistent was the age. All of them were between 5 and 12. Not only was Jose right about the sheer number of cases, but he was also right about... Some of these stories being absolutely buried. It looks like some of the families had to go through really obscure sites to mention that their kids had disappeared. And even then, there was never a lot of information given or any follow-up stories done. Why aren't there more mainstream sites reporting on them, I thought. This place had been associated with a ton of missing kids. All the police interviews done in uh, subsequent years. All of them 
had said what they were looking, but there was no clear evidence to go on. I dug further and found that the owner only even commented on the kids once in the 90s. Most of it was typical PR jargon, but there was one quote that stuck out to me. He mentioned that wherever they were, he was sure they were happy and healthy. What the fuck does that mean? I whispered to myself. Why on earth would you assume a missing child is either happy or healthy? It was a simple remark that didn't get much play in the media and easily could have meant nothing. But the fact that he wanted everyone to pretend like things were okay gave me a bad vibe. Why it cheesies? What the hell did he know? I couldn't go rushing into some CEO's house, but maybe I could talk to someone who had more knowledge than me. I dug around until I found the phone number of a woman who had lost a kid at the park over two decades ago. She had been in several legal battles and even gotten in trouble herself for trying to stalk the owner along with breaking and entering into the park a few times. This lady going hard in the paint. She's like, I'm going to find my goddamn kid. Yeah, she's she's doing what? She's out here, Liam Neeson. I've got a specific set of skills. Yeah. You will give me my kid back. What everybody else, everybody should be doing. Yeah, like for real. And the fact that like fucking she was willing to go to jail for that shit. That's a ride or die mom right there. I feel bad that the, the, that Mark, the narrator's friends are, I, I get they're trying to cheer him up, but at the same time, it seems like they think that he's just supposed to suddenly be able to do everything and be okay. I I get I get I get where both sides are coming from. Um, yeah. As somebody who lost their mom, you know, I uh, yeah. I lost them at sixteen, and I had a lot of people that were like, you know, hey, I'm here for you if you need me. And yada, 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 and all this stuff. And then there were people that were like, you know, oh, your mom's dead. You know, it's been X amount of time. Get over it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like, it's like, it's like a time line you're supposed to go by. And honestly, no I'm, I'm grief. when, when my mom passed away, I, the first reaction I ever had was a, not a sad reaction. I didn't cry. I was pissed. I smashed my glasses. I was, my immediate thought is how am I going to survive at that point? Like that's just immediately where my brain like snapped. Yeah. So like I get, I get both sides, you know, where Mark's kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm here for you, you know, and all this stuff. But like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, you you shouldn't snap on your friends. Yes, they should understand yeah. where you're coming from, but like, they're just trying to help. Like you know, if you 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 know, you should be like, thank you. I know you're trying to help. It's hard. Yeah, I sure. will try, but it's hard. You know. Yeah, if sure. you communicate, you know, issues like that should never pop up, and if they do, they're like quickly fixed. But like, I don't know. He's been kind of a dick at this point. Yeah. Like, he even went off about the fucking, the, the CEO uttering, a, like, a phrase. Like, what the yeah. fuck does that mean? Are they happy and healthy? Um, it is kind of odd. Like, how the fuck would the CEO know that they're happy and healthy? <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I, I think he, 
I can understand like the verbiage how it's used as like a gray area because they could mean I'd rather that child be happy, healthy, and alive than that child. The alternative be that that child's dead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, you don't want them to go through punishment or whatever. Maybe somebody found them, and you know, maybe they got adopted somewhere because they couldn't figure out who their parents were. Yada yada. I I I see it from that sense, but like he's just he's not having a good day already. Uh, but are you ready to continue? Yes, please continue. Okay, so um, I said she had been in several legal battles. Okay, sorry, I lost my thought. I didn't expect her to have all the answers, but if there's anyone who could tell me something important about that park, it was her. Finding her number was easy, and I immediately called her up. Only after a couple of rings, a scratchy voice, no doubt ravaged by years of cigarette smoke, picked up on the other end. Hello? Uh, hi. My name's Brandon. Is this Miss Turner? Yes, it is. How can I help you? Oh. Not wanting to... <laughs> what? We finally have... What's that? I said, oh, we finally have a name. His name is Brandon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like yeah, we named him, the, we the MC. We finally get a name of the narrator. <laughs> the MC? Yes, Brandon. Okay, got it. <laughs> I, I like how that's what you comment on, not the fact that I sound like I'm doing Raza's voice from fucking Monsters, <laughs> oh, Inc. Oh, no, you're doing fine with the voice, and that's what I picture. that's what I... Uh, I uh, I heard in my head when I was reading when I was reading that. I was hoping I'm was always going. watching Mazowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was hoping he's going for. I was just happy that I was like, oh wow, he has a fucking name. That's great. He's not just protagonist. <laughs> yeah, he's not just unnamed narrator. Name protagonist. Protagonist. Occupation protagonist. Not wanting to scare her or to make her think that it was some sort of weirdo looking to connect over a tragedy. I made up a lie. I know this is going to sound strange, but I'm a student doing a research project on some places that had an impact on us growing up. I happened to pick Cheesy's World, and I was wondering if I could talk to you about that. She went silent on the other end for a moment, and when she spoke again, I could hear a hint of stress in her voice. Uh, Cheesy's World? What's specifically about it? The project has to include the history of the place, and from my research, I found that your family's name came up in a couple of articles because of what happened. Another moment of silence passed before she talked again. How old are you, Brandon? Eighteen. Another lie. Can you come to my place? I can't talk right now, but I'll fr be free at about nine tonight if you want to speak to me about what happened. But I'm only free tonight i hesitated i only had my permit and no car which meant it would be difficult for me to make miss turner however it was the chance i had to take i'll be there miss turner gave me an address about 40 minute drive away and once we hung up it only took me a moment to realize who i should call i promptly dialed cleo's number is hey, Chloe. Odd that, yeah, what's up? Is it odd that she asked his age 
and when he said 18, she said, can you come to my place? She's like, mmm, we're getting them young today. <laughs> I don't understand like, why his age was important here. Barely legal. <laughs> Interviewer oh, questions. <laughs> I love the, the voice, though. It's great. <laughs> now let's hear you do Chloe. <laughs> oh my god, I, I I I'm really bad at like high feminine voices <laughs> that aren't like oh my god. The, the the Valley Girl one was great. Yeah, that's that's like my <laughs> default. Like this, the, the also the sassy gay voice as well. Like stop it. Um, <laughs> but I'm not good at other voices. Yeah. Anyways, so I promptly dialed Chloe's number. Hey Chloe, Brandon. Hey, are you doing better? I might have found a path to that. Yeah. Can you do me a favor? Anything. What's up? Can you come by at around 8 and take me somewhere? It's kind of far, though. Uh, yeah. Think I can get my homework all done by then. What's going on? It's weird. I can't even really explain what's happening. I'm just kind of going off instinct here. Look, you'd mentioned the party on Friday, right? I promise to go and have a great time, as as much a great time as you want me to have, but there's only one condition that you do this for me, no questions asked. Of course, it doesn't have to be no questions asked. I'm here for you anytime. I thanked her repetitively and hung up. The seeds of what I was planning to do were already forming in my head, and unfortunately, I had to keep Chloe as far away from the truth as possible. I know it sounds stupid and selfish, and it absolutely was. And I didn't want to risk Chloe getting too deeply involved in something that was my burden to bear. Not only that, if she knew I was doing research on the park, she'd also do everything in her power to convince me to stay away for the sake of my mental health, including not giving me a ride. But still... I could clearly see that my friends were really making an effort to make me feel better, and that meant the world to me. I didn't know how I'd do it, but I needed to make it up to them somehow. Wow, you really didn't show it to them by screaming at them. Um, <sighs> I waited about <laughs> until about 8.15, and just like she said, Chloe was right outside. I would have told my parents that I was going out to catch a late movie, but they were gone. Oddly enough, there were a lot of days in the recent weeks where I completely missed one or both of them. But that was for an issue for another time. Ooh, trouble in the marriage. It's getting saucy. We're getting so many storylines in this story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff going on in this whole story. Like, I want to see. I want to see the story of this, like Timon and Pumbaa style, like yeah. you know, for Lion King one and a half, where like Lion King one and a half is just Timon and Pumbaa's like uh, journey through the entirety of the first Lion King movie. I want to see Cheesy's world, but it's written from the parents' perspective, and it's just their marriage falling apart. Yeah, because I'd uh, read it. Yeah, because like in the last part, I mean, obviously we had great character development where. At first, we thought Mark was a jerk, but it turns out... He's just he, a he, fucking stoner with love. He, yeah, while he's still somewhat of a jerk, he has a heart and loves his friends, and actually is seems to be a pretty decent uh, person. And then there's some kind of 
will they or want they relationship going on with Chloe and Brandon. And now we got the parents marriage issue. Like there's so much stuff other than the brother being missing. <laughs> Damn cheesy fucking Chuck E. Cheese fucking taking down a whole Dude, family. Cheesy's world could be a fucking Netflix uh, special. Series. The only thing taking out more family dynamics right now than Cheesy's is Pixar. fucking the January 6th fucking insurrection. Oh my god. I was gonna say Pixar. <laughs> oh yeah, Pixar. Uh, see, Disney, Disney branches off in two ways, not to get sidetracked, but Disney branches off in two distinct directions. The Disney Animation Studios, which are, your parents are dead. Yeah. And Disney Pixar, which is your mom is thick as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, and I can also see uh, Alex Wolf in this film. He's good. I, I picture Alex Wolf as Brandon because he's the one who's always in every in every horror movie where he just gets oh. the worst family shit done to him. And I'm like, oh can yeah, somebody give this man a <laughs> can good role, a feel good role. Because he keeps going through some shit. He had a feel-good role. He was in both yeah. Jumanji movies. But, but... Hey, I, I told CC mentioned that too, but I was like, are you really okay, though, after being sucked into a video game? He learned to respect <laughs> Danny DeVito, so yes. Oh, Alright, he had a very multicultural group of friends. Alright? Yeah. You know, he had a Rainbow Coalition there taken out, and... And he was like inches away from Nick Jonas. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so yeah, I consider that a feel good movie. <laughs> but yeah, I could definitely see him being Brandon, and that's just yeah, I, numb and slightly Brandon. drooling. Yeah, in the, in the cheese world movie, in the in the in the fan casting that we're doing, Alex Wolf is Brandon. We're just gonna use shot for shot, like clip out scenes from him from his entire like blank stare reactions from uh from hereditary, <laughs> and then we just put it in like a, ch- a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh good shit. Oh, good by shit. the way, I figured out the title for this episode too. It's called Cheesy's Two Electric Boogaloo. Yes, yes, I love it. Great. So we have at least something. All right, I'm going to jump go. back in. Sorry, sorry to everybody. We got this, uh, like sidetracked there. Um, so Chloe had just arrived. Uh, it was 8.15. She was right outside. I would have told my parents I was going out to catch a movie, but they were gone. Oddly enough, there were a lot of days in the recent weeks where I completely missed one or both of them, but that was an issue for another time. That's where we left off. Um, so before greeting Chloe... I sent out a text to Miss Turner stating that I was on my way and we began the drive over. So are we picking up Mark? She asked. Nah, he's got a project to work on. I'm pretty sure if he doesn't get an A, he's going to fail the class. And I respect that. So I guess it's just us. Damn, Mark. (laughs) Mark is fucking. Oh, man. He's literally never doing work until it's test time. Uh, just like the old times. Yeah, back when things weren't as fucked up. Stop that, Brandon. Can we not bring the mood down? It's a long ride, and I want to keep things as positive as possible. She let out an exasperated sigh. Want to know why Amber thought the party was such a good idea? Why is that? 
She said she knows a girl who's single and a cute guy, she thought. I nearly spat snot out my nose and I laughed at Chloe's revelation. Hold up, was the party an excuse to set me up with some girl she knows? But for the record, we're going to get kicked out as soon as we get in. Mark should tell you that from experience. She responded with laughter and brushed the hair out of her face. Once again, I got to see that beautiful smile. This was another moment where I really noticed Chloe. Every perfect feature brought together by those stunning eyes. And on top of it, we had been so close. This girl is the reason I'm not failing most of my classes. She's been my biggest supporter at my lowest points. And the number of inside jokes we have about the dumbest things is endless. God, that sounds like a relationship already. Yeah. Uh, how do you think he feels, though, that uh, Chloe brought up the fact that this other girl was trying to set him up with this other girl? No, no. Uh, Amber he's... was trying to set those two up. That's what oh. she was trying to do. That's the way I read it. Okay, I got you. He, he thought it was another girl, but I feel like Amber was trying to set yeah. those two up on a date. and yeah. Or Chloe was trying to get him to go out on a date with her and use yeah. Amber as an excuse. Yeah, I see that. And Very I, high schooly. I've yeah. seen it before. <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, and Brandon, Brandon's clearly in. Brandon's clearly into Chloe, and I'm pretty sure. Oh, she Chloe's most definitely is into, into him. This is some like girl next door, like friends for twenty years, like type of romance. Yeah. And then he's gonna meet cheesies, and everything's gonna be different. <laughs> oh God. It simultaneously filled me with warmth and sadness. Here I was around someone I cared about so much, and yet I was lying to her. I didn't tell Chloe about what I found or who I was meeting. I planned to leave her in the car and come up with some bullshit excuse I got back, and it killed me. Mainly because she had done me the kindness of taking her own time to do something for me. The least I could do was keep the conversation positive. We laughed and laughed throughout the ride, and it felt like my problems were melting away. Of course, the circumstances didn't allow me to feel completely normal, but for that moment, I felt better than I had in a long time. We drove up to a nondistinct house in the middle of a dark suburb. I searched up the address again and confirmed that this was indeed the house. Chloe started to get out, and before she could, I grabbed her arm. What are you doing? She asked, confused. I've got to go in alone. Why? She snapped at me. I drove all the way here for you to leave me in the car. It's really personal stuff, Chloe. Remember, I said no questions asked. I promise it's nothing too crazy. I just really need to talk to this person. I won't be in there for more than 20 minutes. And if I try to come in with you anyway? I'm not getting out of this car if you try to. Please, just trust me. I could tell she was grappling with the idea of leaving me to do whatever mysterious thing I had planned. Still, eventually, she relented and told me to just be quick about it. I gave her a nod and told her I'd be right back. Walking up to the house felt strange. A million thoughts about who could be on the other side of that door ran through my mind. Just after the third knock, a shorter blonde woman with gray, streaks of gray opened the door. Hi, Miss Turner. I'm Brandon. I wanted to talk to you about my project. She nodded and motioned for me to come in. And for the moment, from the moment I stepped into her home, I could feel the tension in the air. 
As soon as I sat down on the couch, she began to talk. I know you're not here about some project, Brandon. I was bewildered at how she knew, and all I could do was fumble over my words trying to keep up my charade. Honestly, it was a dumb lie to begin with, she said. I could see her start to pour a glass of whiskey and then downing it in one go. She offered me some, but I politely declined, not trusting her yet. How'd you know I was lying? Because I've dedicated so much of my fucking time to keeping an eye on every weird thing that happens at that park ever since I lost my son Daniel. When I heard about your brother going missing, I had a feeling you'd come looking for me. A lot of people come up to me asking what steps to take because I've been so outspoken. Why were you so convinced that the park was responsible for taking Daniel? She laughed at my question as if it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. When kids get taken, it's almost always by someone they know. Before I moved out here, I lived my entire life in a small town of maybe 2,000 people. Never made an enemy, and I knew just about every goddamn person by the first name. None of them wanted to take him. You figure out who that leaves. Crazy strangers? How would you know that the park is involved? Think about it, Brandon. A a popular theme park wouldn't do everything in its power to prevent people from taking your fucking kids, cameras, security, other people who go there for a fun time. All of that and my kids still get snatched, never to be seen again. Then they tell me they found absolutely nothing for years. How likely does that sound to you? Pretty fucking likely, actually. Um... I went silent as she continued to speak, contemplating the gravity of her words. Every single family I've talked to, every one of them said the same thing. Nobody knew would have wanted to target them, and yet the kids had been taken without a trace. For most of them, it happened in a second. One moment they're looking at the map of the place, next the baby's gone forever. If that doesn't sound like something's going on, then I don't know what to tell you. It sounded insane. What would a park do with kids? And how could they do that without anyone seeing them? It doesn't make sense. Do you think the owner is involved? I asked. I saw that you were investigating him before. Maybe he knows something? She shook her head. No, I don't think so. If anything, that park should be a burden for him. From what I found, that place bleeds money every single year. It hasn't been profitable in decades. The man hasn't even made an appearance there since the 90s. But not only that, in one interview, he said he wished the place would just burn in a fire. I'm not sure why he chooses to keep the land, but from everything I've gathered, he's not involved. So if you had to guess, you said that it's likely that the park has my brother somewhere? Think. No, I'm sure of it. Your brother, my son, every single kid that was stolen since the 60s. When I managed to get one of the park offices, I found a list of the kids' names and their favorite characters. That list didn't just include my Daniel. It included so many poor kids that have gone missing over the decades, and some that will come go missing in the future years, if that's not damning. Future years? They keep tabs on kids? Why the hell didn't you go to the police? I tried, she snapped. 
getting frustrated at me for not believing her. But who's going to listen to a crazy lady that broke into an amusement park? And who's going to think that she didn't just print up a list of names because she has a grudge? Look, Brandon, I know this sounds crazy, and it absolutely is. But that park is fucking evil. No one else wanted to take these kids. The last place that they were seen was at was Cheesy's. And Cheesy's denies having any evidence that these kids were taken. Do the fucking math. Her er, words echoed in my ears. What she was saying could not be true, could it? If it was, then unfortunately, I know exactly where to find Amari. But the question is still, why? What would the park want with a seven-year-old? And how could they have taken him without a single person noticing? I'm still curious as to why you, you'd agree to tell me all of this, and you never told me why we had to do this at your place. Because someone has to. I'm going to be honest with you. Finding that park is impossible. I've tried every conceivable way. But the only thing I can do is bring some kind of closure. As for doing this here, there are fewer rats. With that, I nodded and walked off. I didn't feel comfortable enough to say bye because this wasn't like a friendly conversation. I just learned that it was very likely that my brother was taken by a park that I damn near grew up with. So many thoughts were bouncing around my head that by the time I returned to Chloe, she could tell immediately that something was wrong. Well, you kept it under 20 minutes, which is great, but you also look like someone stole your lunch money. It's nothing, just thinking a lot. Chloe sighed. Brandon, I can tell you're hurting. I'll never know what pain you're feeling, but please talk to me. I need you to be okay. I wanted to tell her so bad, but all I could do was stare at the dashboard. At that time, I couldn't bring her or Mark into it more than they needed to. Maybe after everything was done, things were changing every second. And maybe this rabbit hole I had determined to descend into had gone from a mysterious place to an absolutely terrifying one. Her look of anger suddenly turned to one of concern. Please, just say anything. I turned away from her, resolved in my silence. Fine, she said quietly. I know that you're scared, Brandon, but go through that pain alone is the worst way to handle it. We drove back to my place in silence. I gave a soft bye before getting out the car and walking back up to my room. My parents still hadn't come back yet, which I found odd, but worked out for me because I had one more call to make and I didn't want them to overhear me. Jose sounded half asleep when he picked up the phone. Hello? Yo, man, it's Brandon. Brandon, I heard what happened. I'm really sorry. Don't worry about it. You were the first one to mention that the kids went missing from that place. That being said, I have questions. First, how'd you know about that place? His voice turned serious. I've always been interested in urban legends, and then was, there wasn't a day where that place didn't give me weird vibes. Reading about all the disappearances just confirmed things for me. Would you say that the park is connected and kids disappearing? Oh, 100%. There's no way that they didn't catch those kids being taken on camera. If I was a betting man, I'd say they'd have footage of everything going back a long time. This piped my interest. That's interesting. 
So if somebody could get that footage, then they could expose everything, right? Hypothetically, yes. But you're not hacking into computers from the outside. I know that for a fact. And you're not going to get there remotely close enough in the day to look through their files. So what could someone hypothetically do? Well, what you could do, what you would have to do might work is physically putting in a flash drive with spyware so that you could get access to everything. And that involves a bit of breaking and entering. I might know someone who can help with that. The only issue is I don't have a flash drive with spyware. And that's where I help you out, buddy. Meet me after class tomorrow and I'll let you have something. Fucking, can we talk about fucking how Jose is just carrying around fucking flash drives and spyware on it? This bro, this bro said, NSA who, motherfucker? I'm spying on your ass. Jose is prepared. Yeah, fucking Jose out here fucking trying to uh, pass off some Q QAnon fucking malware. Yeah. Oof. It's gonna take them the fucking pages that talks about how Joe Biden drinks blood from babies and shit. <laughs> oh my god, or fucking Pizzagate conspiracy theory pages. Oh my god, I can't. I still can't get past that. <laughs> The the very next sentence is, is funny to me because like this is my brain thinking and I feel like I read this as my own reaction as well as the character Brandon's reaction. I really wanted to ask why Jose had a flash drive with spyware on it, but I figured it'd be best to leave it alone. <laughs> He's like, uh That's um... the proper response. <laughs> He's like, I, I want to ask, but uh, maybe I'm not going to. Yeah. He's probably going to be coming, coming with some tinfoil hat. Or be like um, Brian Tyree Henry's character in Godzilla. Uh, the Godzilla vs. Kong or whatever. He's got that like, conspiracy theory like freaking podcast that he's doing. It's all about the kaijus and shit. Oh my god. The most important thing I... I do apologize, guys. Sorry. The most important thing was now I had a plan. I'd go back to the park, find the security office, use my lock-picking skills to get in, install the spyware, and then prove those bastards took my brother. I texted Mrs. Turner and asked her how she managed to get into Cheesies. She had a few questions about my intentions, but didn't push too hard. When I gave her soft answers about just being curious, once I had a basic understanding of what to do, there was one final thing to be taken care of. I came downstairs, nearly killing myself when I was caught off guard by a scurrying rat that I later captured and put outside. I looked down to see that my parents had returned and that the car was parked out front. To that point, I was still resolved on keeping Chloe out of this and I didn't want anyone else to drive me, but if I could take the car while they were asleep, I wouldn't need to. Excuse me. I knew it would be a few hours, but it shouldn't have mattered if I left late enough. Everything seemed to be coming together perfectly. I went to bed resolved with what I had to do. 
The next day was pretty average, save for Chloe being unusually quiet when she hung around me. Mark tried to pry for info, but she kept telling us both that she was fine. He suggested that we go somewhere after class to cheer her up, but I shut down the idea, telling him I had homework to do. Once class ended, I met up with Jose, and he gave me the flash drive. He made it a point to stress that once I put it into the security's computer, I would need to log in as a guest and open up the program. He claimed that the program should run whatever, run whenever someone logs in on their personal account. From there, Jose would have remote access and all their password information. So he, he has a key logger. That's what he gave him as a key logger. Keylogger and something that also manifests or like backdoors maybe a, a worm. Sorry, my brain is thinking yeah. IT. IT brain is normally thinking about network security a lot, so I'm just like, oh yeah, that from what it sounds like here, he gave him a keylogger, which basically types or saves every keystroke you type, and they use that to figure out like you know your passwords and whatnot. Uh, hence what they were describing here. Also, um, a little misnomer. Uh, if you run a keylogger on the program, doesn't necessarily give you remote access. It just gives you login credentials, which most people at that point in time would usually either a, like I said, use a worm to infiltrate a system. Or they could socially engineer, like, go up to the physical device and type that password in and then, you know, change it to whatever they want, uh, install a syskey, stuff of that nature. Um, but from this this one, you would literally not be able to do that with just spyware. Because spyware, all it does is just show you what somebody else is doing. You have to have other tools in order to use that information. <clears throat> Long tangent aside, sorry. Uh, now that I had spyware, a means of transportation, and the knowledge of how to get into the park, all I needed was patience. I waited until roughly one in the morning before making my move, donning all black, complete with a bandana wrapped around the lower half of my face. I grabbed my old lock picking tools and I was ready to go. Wow, is this person like a fucking ninja? Like I thought the lock picking tools Sounds were like for it. uh for for the the brother. Yeah, like right. uh, this man out here being a hoodie ninja. Yep. He's ready. He said I'm going to be a hoodie ninja and a cowboy at the same time. Uh-huh. He's, He's got see. hangman hangman Adam Page vibes all over him. He's gonna buckshot Larry at uh, Cheesy's. He's gonna solid snake his way in. <laughs> the, the, the the complete with that cardboard box. Cardboard box, yeah. Oh, what was that noise? A, stupid guards. The the the, the, the little codec, the little yeah, diddy diddy a, in there. He's a hey Colonel. <laughs> hey Colonel, I've got the ETA on uh the location on Cheesy, but I still have no sights of my brother. Be careful, Snake. Uh, good shit. Okay. I made sure my parents were fast asleep before hopping into my dad's car. Ooh, excuse me, guys. It is, uh, 
it is a very long day for me, so uh, it's kind of yawning a bit, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, I made sure that my parents were fast asleep before hopping into my dad's car. As I turned the keys in the ignition, I took a deep breath and tried to center myself. When I turned off my phone before taking off so that it wouldn't buzz and give my give away my location, I noticed the text message. Chloe, hey, I don't know if you're up, but I can't sleep. You doing okay? It killed me to silence my voice and ignore the messages. But I knew that it'd be worth it once this was all over. Amari would be back, and I'd be more than okay. I'd be whole once again. I took off towards the park with a single goal in mind, which was to get Amari back home at all costs. I think I zoned out on the drive over because I didn't feel like I was conscious doing it. Or consciously doing it, excuse me. kind of just floated towards the general direction of the park. My mind was devoid of thought. It was just me and the dark road that was simply a pathway to Amari. But once I had passed the signs of cheesy smiling face welcome me to the park over that stupid fucking slogan, I knew this was it. This is when my life could finally start to be normal again. Instead of pulling into the parking lot, I parked just off the park's campus at a nearby 24-hour convenience store and made the walk over. As if nobody's going to be like, why the fuck is this car still parked here? They're like, sir, um, hello, you can't just leave your car here. I could feel my heartbeat ringing in my ears as I made, oh, well, if your ears are ringing, boy, you got tinnitus. That's a, that's what that ringing is. That is not your heartbeat. That is tinnitus. That is a hearing disorder. The ominous atmosphere and the knowledge of what I was planning to do made every step towards the park feel like I was walking towards a terrifying fate. I couldn't describe it at the time, but from everything I had learned up until this point, the place just seemed off. I knew that I was afraid. My own fear of breaking into a beloved park was to be expected. And if it was true that they were holding kids captive then, of course, that was another concern. But beyond that, I don't know. There was something else. Something was tickling the primal part of my brain, flashing signals that everything went so much deeper than I could ever understand. But whatever I was feeling had to wait as I walked up to those gates. I could see a large number of rats clawing out from underneath the entrance, which caused me to jump back in surprise. Wow, this guy's really scared of rats. Every time a rat shows up and he's like, Ah! Get away from me, Mickey Mouse! I mean, I, I don't blame him. I know, Mickey Mouse is terrifying. <laughs> Nothing? Alright. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, yeah, okay. Feeling down the cold steel, I attempted to jingle the entrance open just in case. I noticed the electric keypad lock, and I knew that I had to resort to the actual plan. Looking over to my left, I saw that there was a set of bushes flanking the gates. From what Miss Turner had told me, kids used to climb under those bushes to gain access to the park. 
but they had since installed sheets of wood to block the crawl space. Of course, with the park operating in the red, those sheets weren't exactly the most expensive or durable and could easily be kicked out. Normally, it'd be a struggle to do this because I'd be noticed pretty quickly, but with no one there, it only took a few hard kicks to the wood for me to break it down. Once, excuse me, once it was out of the way, I was able to carry, I was able, God, so hard to read. I was able to army crawl under the bushes and into the second park checkpoint. There was a simple as hopping a turnstile and strolling into the park. I actually had managed to make it inside. Even though I had done what I thought would be the most challenging part, it felt wrong. There was no security at the front, and I didn't see any flashlights in the distance. I'd assume I'd have to be ducking and dodging a lot, but this place almost looked abandoned. Could they really be struggling so much that they can't even afford security guards? Regardless of how much money they were bleeding, protecting your property is a necessity. So why wasn't this more challenging? As I made my way through the park... I stopped a few times to marvel at what the police, uh, the, what the place looked like. Holy shutdown! Looking for the security office was difficult. I had only been to that office once, and I wasn't in the right frame of mind to commit that me- uh, path to memory. Eventually, I conceded that I was lost and was going to resort to using the park's online map to find where I was. Maybe I could even find a landmark to locate the general area of the office. No sooner had I pulled out my phone did I hear the very distinct sound of can being kicked in the distance. I immediately scanned the area, but saw no flashlights and heard no voices. Logically, it made sense to assume that it was an animal, but in the back of my mind something was screaming that that was a wrong assumption. I continued to scan the area, and to my horror, I saw what I confirmed every dark fear I had about this place. Standing in the distance and clearly facing my direction was Ronald. He was softly illuminated under a dim pathway light, so I couldn't get a good look, but what I saw unnerved me to my core. His suit was absolutely filthy, and his his ordinarily perky ears hung low. Parts of his costume were in various states of decay, and as he stood hunched forward, his arms dangled lazily in front of him. For a second, neither of us moved, but then, in an instant, he charged. I screamed out, Oh shit! and hauled ass to get out of there. I didn't know where I was going, but anywhere was better than that. I could hear his footsteps quickly gaining on me. For as clumsy as I thought the costume would make him, he was coming at me like an Olympic sprinter. I knew that I'd have no chance of outrunning him and that my only real option was to hide. I drove towards the crazy mouse roller coaster and hid amongst the support structure, making sure to keep absolutely still against one of the beams as he raced past me. Millions of thoughts were firing in my head. But before I had an even a second to process them, I looked up and saw Nina 
and possibly contorting her body to clutch onto the horizontal beams around her. She, too, was twisted. She was twice her regular size, and her beak was missing. In its place was a large open hole with the shape of a smile, with a few human teeth embedded around the hole's borders. Her costume was also rotting away. In the place of her pom-poms were human-like hands with disturbingly long fingers that seemed that each seemed to have more fingers growing from them. Her once sultry eyes were now bloodshot and sunken into her face. Her famous pizza shirt was gone, revealing multiple patches of missing feathers. She stared down at me like a spider examining spray, but I could see drips of saliva flowing freely from her mouth. As soon as we made eye contact, she descended upon me with lightning speed. I ran into the darkness, not caring where I ended up. For a brief moment, I looked back and saw that she was running on all fours, easily climbing over all obstacles in her path. Not only did I have to worry about Nina, but Ronald was still lurking in the darkness, and I had nothing to defend myself with. For a moment, I thought she would surely catch me as I had no place to go, but by sheer luck, I spotted the haunted estate ride and figured I could at least hide in there briefly and come up with a plan to escape. But as I made a beeline towards the ride, something grabbed my ankle and pushed me back to the ground. Before I knew it, I was being dragged behind a patch of bushes, and I could only look up in horror to meet my captor's eyes. Dizzy was looking down at me. His long, freezing cold fingers wrapped all the way around my head, and he made sure to keep enough pressure to make it painful. As expected, he, always, he also looked to be in a state of disarray. His muzzle hung like a deflated balloon and his straw hat had numerous holes in it on top of his overall look of rot. I could see chunks of his costume missing in random sections, and part of the costume seemed to hang like loose skin. Using his other hand, he reached into my pocket and pulled out the flash drive and crushed it in one moment. Damn! Fucking Dizzy don't play. Dude, these... They don't fucking around. Yeah, he's like, fuck you and your social engineering attacks, bitch. Yeah. Dude, this, I got a vast antivirus. This uh, this explanation of how they look is just nightmare fuel. Oh, yeah. Diz- Dizzy's fucking face is like a d- deflated balloon. You've got uh, Nina with, like, instead of having pom-poms, she's got fingers with fingers on them. Yeah, and then her teeth are showing, and she had saliva coming. Oh my god! Oh yeah, she was like a spider, you know. Holy fuck! This is nightmare fuel. Um. Okay. Yeah. Using one hand, he reached into my pocket, pulled out the flash drive, and crushed it in one motion. Then he pulled out my lock pick, uh, lock picking kit, and flung it far from where he had me pinned. He raised the long end of his drooping mouth and made a silence motion before getting me to my feet and looking around. He stood much taller than he usually did. Last time I saw him, he was about my height at six feet. But this fusion even stood a foot taller than me, and his arm hung so low to his feet. I was in utter shock, and sweat was pouring down my face. Here before me was this monster, and I didn't know if I could run or fight or reason with it. But it didn't matter because... I didn't even get to choose. In a blink of an eye, he reached out to grab me 
and shoved me into his body through a partially open slit in the suit. In my mind, I was dead. It was pitch black and freezing inside the costume. Something was hard and small at my back, and I could feel bug-like things crawling all over me. If it wasn't for my mask, they definitely would have invaded my mouth. But did it matter? I had been caught. My flash drive was destroyed, and I couldn't even make it to the security office. On top of it all, I was going to die at the hands of some otherworldly creature just because I wanted to see my little brother again. Tears began to flow liberally as I slowly resigned myself to my horrible fate. Thoughts about everything leading up to that point raided my mind. Despite every shitty thought that permeated my mind, the ones that stood out were my friends and my family. Mark, Chloe, my parents, and most of all, Amari. I'd never see them again. And why? Because I was afraid to ask for help? Because I felt that I could deal with something I obviously didn't even understand? The least I could have done was been honest. I could have said goodbye or I love you. They'd at least have some closure of knowing how much I cared about them. And now, this was my punishment. I was in there for what felt like hours, but to my complete surprise, I could see a set of cold bony hands wrap around my body and rip me from, ins from the inside of my captor. I was back inside the park. Dizzy stood over me and I could see a number of roaches crawling in and out of the slit that I assumed would be my tomb. I scrambled to my feet, but he didn't move. He pointed towards the street in which I could only think was his way of telling me to go. I could see Ronald and Nina in distance making their way towards us. To my horror, they had brought company. Numerous other deformed characters were following them, peeking out of the darkness and descending on me. Even though I was in the parking lot, I knew I wouldn't be safe until I was completely off campus. I don't know whether Disney had intentionally helped me escape, or if this is simply their way of warning me to stay out. Maybe it was both. But before I ran off to the safety of my car, Disney began to choke out something that seemed to be akin of his version of speech. Brother, not safe here. Deep. Soon. Go. What the fuck? I thought. I didn't have time to contemplate what he meant. I simply ran and didn't look back until I was in a car and already speeding back home. I only stopped after I had been driving for half an hour. Finally, I pulled over to cry. It was hitting me all at once. This went so much deeper than I could have ever imagined. It was far more than I could have bargained for. And I had no idea where to even start. I pulled out my phone to check the time. And the first thing I saw were numerous calls and texts from my parents. Asking why I was and why the car was missing. Shit! I yelled, slamming my fist on the dashboard. I took off towards home. Knowing there was a storm waiting for me as soon as I pulled up. And that's precisely what it was. A couple of police officers were parked outside my house. Standing with my parents outside. I knew I was in a world of trouble. My whole world was about to come crashing down for the second time in one night. They absolutely tore into me. Though I left out that I was at the park, I tried to explain that I was out looking for Mar Amari, but they were livid. I wanted my parents to understand I had done this for the right reasons, and I wanted them to know I was trying to cope with it the best way that I could. 
and that the reason why I was out there was the same reason they had been away so much. We were all out there searching. I knew at the end of the day they needed me to be safe. And how could I fight them on that, especially right after losing one of their kids? I was told that I could no longer go out late or use the car. My grades had to be absolutely perfect from here on out, and I shouldn't make any plans for the summer because I was getting a job. I had lost in a lot of ways that night, but felt that this was the most deflating. All I could do was nod and walk up the stairs without saying another word. That night, vivid images of those creatures hunting me down made for the most terrifying sleep I ever had. Despite the horror that would burn horrible, uh, despite the trauma that would burn horrible memories into my psyche for years to come, it wasn't the creatures or my parents yelling at me that I was focused on that night. No, as I drifted off to sleep, the la- thought I had at the forefront of my mind was that Dizzy stood over me. His name tag no longer said "Your pal Dizzy the dog." It clearly read "Your pal Daniel." And that's part two. Ooh, your pal Daniel. Ah, I think uh, I think I know what's going on here. I think I'm picking up on it. Are the kids? The kids are becoming. My pure speculation about this is: I think that they're kidnapping kids and forcing them to be the characters. That's what I think. And they're changing their names, the the characters' names, to to match the kid who was taken. Yep. Like at some point in time, we're gonna see somebody who's a character, and their name's gonna be Amari. Amari. Yep. Oh man, this was good. I sorry was... I got so sidetracked so many times, guys. Thank you guys for being so patient about that. Uh, ADHD kind of sucks sometimes, so. I'm excited for part three. Oh yeah, man! You guys, you guys are in a good one. We we are so happy we stumbled upon this. Like we're having so much fun with this series. This one was good. Um, I would definitely say ninety percent of it, though, like compared to the first one, I I feel like this all the suspense happened within like the last like it did it did it couple of minutes. A lot of stuff didn't really happen. He gets in the park and then it immediately goes to shit. It's like one of those like fucking uh, weird fucking like Facebook videos by like uh, where it's like man breaks in the park immediately regrets his decision or something like that. One of those like clickbaity type videos. It's like that. It's like boy breaks into amusement park immediately regrets it. Yeah. Top 10 reasons why you shouldn't. Break into the cheesiest world. Uh, number five will shock you. <laughs> <laughs> five reasons why you should not act up at Cheesy's World. Number three is unbelievable. <laughs> number three is like they literally kill you. <laughs> not yeah. like, whoa, that happens. Okay, but I'm still gonna go though. I I fucking uh, this series is good, man. I I feel like we're we're gonna get we're gonna get post like cheesy's world depression once we finish part three. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. uh, uh, It's gonna be like that Chappelle show meme where it's like, you guys got any more of that cheesy world? Y'all got any more of that cheesy's world? (laughs) He's always scratching his neck and stuff. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I just I can't. This this series is really good, and I'm really yes. hoping that the ending doesn't end Night Shyamalan on us. Yeah, I know. I I don't I don't want like a, a a much hype up for like a terrible letdown. But can we talk about how Nina went from like like this cutesy like duck mm-hmm. creature with like pom poms to like Looking a spider, yeah. a like spider like creature that's like creeping on like a carousel? Yeah, that's oh my god, this shit's wild. It is. Oh man. So yeah, you guys gotta listen to episode three so we can uh finish this series together. We've you know made it this far, so you know we should you know try to finish it out. Yep. Come back and join us. Next week, part three. We promise we won't turn you into any Chuck E. Cheese characters. We'll try not to. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say before we go, man? Uh just what we, uh, just to reiterate what we said earlier, uh, make sure to uh, wear your mask and get vaccinated. Hell yeah, man! If y'all don't get vaccinated, I'm gonna walk up and punch y'all in the taint. <laughs> I will, I will go physical. I will, I will get down with my physical arms if it means that you know we have like some return to normalcy and like people start to take this virus clear like as a clear threat and we like emerged through it finally you know like every other big disease like come on we've done it in the past i don't know why people listen to trump and like make it like worse like come on the guy couldn't even make a decent steak or he eats ketchup <laughs> on his steak like how are you gonna trust a man he doesn't even eat like rare steak he eats like well done with ketchup like the, that man can't be trusted come on now is it uh uh is it bad that that even though i'm enjoying the story i'm so much more invested in chloe and brandon yeah <laughs> like fucking kiss already come on she's laying it on that she she dead ass said i need you to be okay why yeah. does she need you to be okay because she wants you my dude yeah. you want her you're Wake over up. here talking about she does that like disney like fucking princess like hair flip thing to like some like fancy fucking music to make you fall in love with her come on now like she she literally is saying it in words right in front of you. I need you to be okay. You'd be like, you know, make me okay. You loving me, <laughs> and she'd be like, all right, bet we're dating now. Yep. Like, come it. on. She even she made some elaborate ass story to get your ass to a party. Yep. Come on. I, I need <laughs> she Chloe, want. I need Chloe and Mark to help him in part three. Uh, maybe that they all go into the part together. I here's what I want. I want Mark to show up. I want him to get mauled by something. Oh, wow. Not because I hate Mark. Just because it's always fun when you have, like, one character shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm awesome. I did great. And then they immediately get fucking watched by, like, a monster creature popping up behind them. Like, uh, in Freddy vs. Jason, you had Kelly Rowland talking all that shit. And then fucking Freddy tells her to look around and there's Jason. And he, like, fucking slashes her. Like yep. that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. 
Jason slashed her because he said no F-bombs. I want Brandon and the crew just to show up uh, like the end of Zombieland. I want them to walk up and I want Brandon just to have a sledgehammer and be like, Brandon, 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 like, hook this animatronic and this bam. (laughs) I'm tired of these motherfucking animatronics at this theme park. Tired of these fucking cheesies at this cheesy park. But yeah, I'm excited for part three. Why the fuck? My question, alright, one thing I was just like re-going over the last like couple of seconds there. Dizzy the dog saved him. But called him brother? Yeah. It's weird. But his name tag was not... uh, No, it was Daniel. It was Daniel. (laughs) Damn, know. Daniel, back at it again with the Cheesy's <laughs> World Part 2. Oh, good shit. Good, good shit. shit. Yeah. Um, I I got nothing else. Uh, if got, Kyle, if you've got nothing else, then... Uh, I, don't think, you know? I think I don't have anything else, so I think we'll wrap this one up. Uh, join us next week for uh, Part 3 of Cheese World. Yes, let finish. us... Con- let us let us finish this together. Let us let us slay the the rat together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have a good night, everyone. Thanks for everybody listening, and uh, have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time zone you're listening to, and uh, be safe out there. Bye. Bye.